The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Albert Bouchard is probably best known as founding member and the original drummer of Blue Oyster Cult, who formed in Long Island, New York in 1967. The original lineup of BOC sold 25 million records worldwide and enjoyed chart success with hits like Burnin' For You, Godzilla, Don't Fear the Reaper, and more. Bouchard is now releasing the third album in this great Imaginos trilogy, something that started decades ago. We'll talk about that and more as I've got Albert Bouchard on the line right now in New York. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm great, Albert. Thank you and uh, welcome. Congratulations on the third album in the Imaginos trilogy. This was a long time coming, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Most of my life, really. I was just saying this. You know, I started it. Really, it started in 1967, you know, with this concept. Yeah. Sandy Bowman hat. And I thought, wow, that is really cool, you know. And uh, over the years, we started developing the idea of how it would be, you know, first it was just a group of songs, and then it was like going to be a a rock opera like Tommy, you know. And then uh, eventually it became like a trilogy like uh, Star Wars. And uh, I think that at that point, you know, we kind of... uh, solidified how we wanted to present it. And for those who don't know, Sandy Perlman was your manager at the time, yeah? Yes, yes. He was. He, he basically discovered me and, and uh, Don, you know, Buck Dharma, and playing in a, a off-campus house in Stony Brook and where he was a student. So, you know, we he had all the connections, and he said, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know why don't you guys get a band together and uh, see if we can get a put out a record, you know, maybe you can do some of my songs. <laughs> yeah, and so you have these songs, you have this uh, big concept, so when you're finally constructing it, this album project, was the record company behind it? Well, it, initially, you know, I he got the deal with Columbia Records, and, yeah. it, and the people there were very much behind it. You know, they came out, they, they loved the demos, they loved all of that stuff. And then, it it took a really long time for some reason. I don't know, Sandy Perlman, he was kind of scattered. He had a lot of other obligations, so he couldn't. we couldn't schedule a whole bunch of dates together to do it, so we'd do a little bit here and a little bit there. And so three years later, the whole management from Columbia got changed. You know, when Tommy Mottola came in, he brought all his own people, yeah. and they didn't like it. So now... So, so that was a problem. But flash forward to 2019, and I, I got a new manager. Of course, Sandy Perlman had passed away in 2016. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and I was not uh, well. To the, uh, by 2019, I was playing with uh, Blue Oyster occasionally. Now and then, you know, if they they bring in, if I came to a show, they bring me up on stage to sing "Cities on Flame" or something. You know, they or play Bieber play Cowbell and Reaper, you know, something, right. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I would just sit in with him for a song or two. And then uh, in 2016, you know, uh, I played the whole, a whole set with them and they took me on tour, did, did half a dozen shows. And uh, that was great. 
And so then after that, I would play with him regularly. In the early days of this project, what I heard rumors that author Stephen King was involved in some way. Yes, that is correct. See, Stephen King did a narration for astronomy, regional astronomy. So, yeah. And that was the, the, the concept in the beginning for me was I'm not in Blue Oyster Cult anymore. I've been playing in this band and no other band and very seldom with anybody else for, for over 10 years, over a decade. Blue Oyster Cult was my life. And so when I wasn't in the band, I was like, I really want to play and and work with as many different varied artists. I mean, I love Stephen King. I love Robbie Krieger. So Robbie Krieger played on it. Alex, uh, Alex uh, Life Song was going to play on it, but uh, because of commitment to Rush, he couldn't do it. But, you know, he ended, he was, he did a couple demos for me. So, you know, it was, it was going to be all these people. Aldo Nova, of course, was, you know, helping me out with songs and being a part of it. So I actually uh, hooked back up with him on this new record for one of the songs. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hearing about the several guests involved in the project: yeah. Kenny Aronson, Kasim Sultan from Utopia, yeah, yeah. and and original yeah. Blue Oyster called members, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don, uh, Eric and uh, well, and Joe and me, and then also Richie Castellano. You know, and I, I uh, Buck Darman was going to sing a song, but he decided that it was it was. Well, it was too much, you know, because it was a song that he hadn't, uh, he'd never sung it before, and I changed the arrangement, so he was like, I, I just don't think I can do this for you in the time frame that, you know, you have going on, because he's, you know, he's got uh, grandkids now, and they're yeah. all scattered over the place, so he's, you know, he's he's enjoying life, and, and as well he should. Tell me about it. the time, Albert, when you were a young guy and you were a drummer in a house band in a small mm. club in Manhattan, and you had actually had a chance to sit in with Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the uh, soft droid underbelly. You got a, uh, a gig uh, at Steve Paulsine, and one day Hendrix came in, Actually, I think he came in a couple of times, but the one time he came in and Jeremy Steve was playing flute. He was he was the act that was on after us, and uh, and he was just going to play flute solo. And Jimmy um, decided he wanted to play guitar with uh, uh, Jeremy Steve, and so uh, jazz flute player. And so uh, uh, Ringo was there. So wow. the house manager went up and said, "You should." tell Ringo that he can play on your kit. You know, maybe he wants to play with Jim. So I went up to Ringo and I said, hi, Ringo, I'm a big fan, you know, love your drumming, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, if he, I would be honored if you wanted to play with Jimmy on my kit. And Ringo said, no, that's okay. I'm just going to be a listener tonight because, uh, you know, I just, I'm not feeling like playing, but I, I'm going to enjoy show yeah so i went back to the house manager i said yeah ringo doesn't want to okay and and then i was like it wasn't until after the show i was like gee they really could have used some drums i should have gone off to jimmy and said hey i, I can play drums with you no but i didn't and of <laughs> course that's one of the few regrets i have in my life i thought well you know because i'd already seen him like three times he'd come to different shows that i was at you know, so he'd seen me play. Yeah. You know, and I thought, oh, you know, we're going to get together eventually. You know, I talked to him before, you know, but 
that night, I, I don't know, for some reason, I, I had an attack of shyness, I guess, after Ringo. It was like, oh, my God, Ringo. <laughs> but I met all kinds of people. The, Keith Moon came in a couple of days later. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my idols. Right, oh, absolutely. And what kind of shape was he in? Oh, he he seemed to be a jolly fellow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I love that. Um, you you alluded to the cowbell situation uh, a while ago. A younger generation, uh, they might be familiar with Blue Oyster Cult, I should say, because of Will Ferrell's cowbell sketch. I think that is the way that it went down almost in, in real life in terms of how it went down in the studio. It was pretty close, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really the producer's idea. And I was like, uh, I don't know, is this really, is this working? You know, I, I really, you know, even after it was recorded, I was trying to tell him to turn it down, you know. <laughs> and the mixing, you know, we're all there for the mix, you know, which they don't, never yeah. do anymore. It's like, you know, who needs uh, five opinions when you're trying to create something, you know. But uh, but then they let us be in the room, and I remember saying to Shelly Yakis, brilliant mixer and uh, engineer, I said, Shelly, you uh, can you turn down the cowbell a little bit more? He said, I turn it down anymore. You're not going to hear it at all. I said, well, and <laughs> down at that point, you know, Buck Dom, I said, you know, who had written the song and sang it. He said, it's a cowbell swine. Leave it like that, Shelly. <laughs> it's great. It was great for you guys. Maybe not so much for Christopher Walken. <laughs> but... <laughs> I know, I know. He said, it ruined my life. <laughs> right, right. The brand new album is Mutant Reformation, and um, the singles that I've heard, the two singles, are just fantastic. And are you taking this on the road? Yes, yes. I have a, a solo band. And they're actually on the inside of the the album cover. You'll see the pictures of the guys in my band, except for one guy who who uh, was not available today. We, Mike Fornatel, who plays lead guitar with me, and he was not available today of, uh, of the shoot. So we get a picture in. Well, Albert Bouchard, it's it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you, and, and best of luck with uh, the future dates and everything. Thank you. I love Albert's behind-the-scenes stories about how that SNL skit developed, and actually, instead of the cowbell, the original concept, the actual concept was to be a trumpet sound in the studio. Glad they changed that. Also, love the Hendrix and Ringo stories. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Home isn't my way. Home, I'll never be.